This is TV Take, Variety's television podcast. I'm Daniel Holloway. This week, Variety's Caroline Framke talks with actress Danielle Brooks of Orange is the New Black. Stay tuned. So today we have Danielle Brooks from Orange is the New Black here to talk to us. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've loved your performance on the show forever. It's very surreal that the show's ending. Welcome. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, what the show meant to you mm-hmm. in the beginning. You know, you got it right out of Juilliard. Uh, mm-hmm. This was like sort of your first big breakout role. So what did it mean for you then? And sort of what does it mean to you now? Oh, man. In the beginning, I was just so excited to have a job. Someone saying, yes, you can come and play with us was exciting for me. I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, you know, at the time, Netflix was considered a web series. And <laughs> I knew Gingy, which made me excited. I was a fan of Weeds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came from the theater, so I was excited to just get a job doing regional theater or off, off, off Broadway. Um, and so when this came around, uh, I knew that... I was finally entering into territory that I had always hoped to, but was coming sooner than I thought. I really thought, like, this ain't going to happen until I'm 40, 45. Like, I don't know. I just felt like I was going to have this Samuel Jackson story (laughs) coming into it. Um, But for me to get a job like this right out of school um, was surreal. Um, But, yeah, so many things were going on in my mind. I almost didn't take the job Mm. because uh, I was nervous about the first scene being a shower scene and the possibility of having to take off my clothes. And I was like, I don't know if this is the way I want to start my career off. And uh, thank God I listened to my dad who just told me to follow my heart. And, you know, I'm glad I did. You never even got to see anything. <laughs> like, I didn't have to show off my body. Um, but uh, I got to show off my talent. And that was really cool to get seven seasons when you think you're only going to be on there for two mm. to um, spread that far. Um, it's really been an incredible experience. I feel like Tasty's also... she's that character so quickly became like the heart of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when did, were you sort of aware of that? Uh, when did you know that Tasty had become this character that people were so in love with? I don't think I ever really knew until further along, like the first season, I I was so green. Um, and I was just super excited to be working with, you know, Kate McGrew and Natasha and Taryn Manning and all these people, I, I had no idea that um, in the midst of my joy of working with these leads, um, that I was becoming one, mm. and that this these character was really um, enjoyable to everyone. But the crazy thing is, what we hadn't experienced before in TV was the fact that now people are viewing us in the matter of 13 hours. Mm-hmm. So literally... When that show dropped, 13 hours later, I had become famous to people. And that was new. I'm riding the train, I'm on the bus, and people are yelling and screaming and wanting pictures. And this, it was a whole new world. 
um, that I want to be in, entering into and and especially at such a young age, yeah. I feel for those Stranger Things kids because I'm oh like, God, I don't I know. know. <laughs> and I remember going to the first Pride Parade in New York and stepping off the float and people chasing us and feeling like K-pop. <laughs> it's like crazy. Uh, yeah, but it, it's been it's been cool to have you know a plethora of different journeys to go alongside mine, mm-hmm. like. You have the women in the show who are starting at the same similar place where this is all new and fresh. So we're getting to share stories and figure out how to navigate. But then you have people, you know, like Laura Prepon, um, who have been doing this, or Jason Biggs, who had been doing this for a long time, and you get to pick their brains and ask them questions. And so it was a really nice way to enter into this business. Yeah. I do feel like, like you said, Netflix wasn't nearly what it is now when Orange is the New Black premiered, though. Like, I don't all. think anyone really knew what was coming or what it was going to be like when a show drops and becomes popular like across the world. <laughs> so I do feel like no matter what, that's a new experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you can step foot on any soil and people will know you. And that is mind blowing. <laughs> it really, truly yeah. is. And also, I mean, the fact that, like you said, you have 13 hours with this character. This character is a regular for seven seasons. And Tasty's a character that I don't think TV had really done before. And also that she wasn't, like, the only black person mm-hmm. on the show. Like, there's mm-hmm. so many different experiences represented on the show. And to have that be uh, the main story mm-hmm. and not, like, a one-episode, one-off. What, is, what did that mean to you? I, I man, it means a lot because that was another reason why I was... Um, timid about taking the role in the beginning too because like I was nervous about playing a stereotype I was like lord Jesus here we go a black woman in prison and she's sassy okay that's fine you know (laughs) especially not getting the scripts oh but as time was going on and you start to get the scripts you know I became a series regular in season two and you're reading what they're um asking of this character and bringing out of this woman, and it was things that I've never seen before. Mm. It was a story that I was excited to share of a woman who is trying to navigate this world and is in a place that she really does not belong. She's super intelligent. She wears her heart on her sleeve. She will give you the clothes off her back, and she ain't even got any clothes. You know, there was just so many layers to who she was, the innocence of who she was, that um, I was like, it, it was cool to be able to be that one to put on the, you know, cloak of Tasty. And, and then as the time went on, you know, like, like well, to, to go to your point, too, about the fact that I'm also stepping into a show where I'm not the only black girl was so exciting, but it blew my mind because you have to remember, I just came out of school, mm. I'm 22, I've only seen that formula, that formula of having that one, you know, one person of color um, getting to be that series regular. And normally they didn't look like me unless they were just that sassy black woman. So that, I, I, was just open to this whole thing of, like, get rid of this comparison thing, you Mm. know. Comparison truly is the thief of joy. Mm. And to get to share in this moment with Samira and Uzo and Adrian and Vicky and Laverne, you know, and then, and that's just ghetto dorms, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it was so... uh, 
breathtaking to kind of get to breathe and not worry about your place, you know, where am I going to get to stay and all of that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's been um, a pretty ex- in- incredible experience to, especially when the there was such a shift in um, the character. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you want to talk about that, but, like, please. Yeah, just the fact that you you're going from this fun-loving sunshine uh, in such a dark place to it turning on his head and you not seeing uh, a cloud in the sky, you know. Um, it just gets really dark for her. And seeing someone try to hold on to um, their purpose of, in life, why, to, you know, life is important to live, and trying to navigate that, when all the odds were against her. And um, as a new actor, it was cool to learn, mm. to to make mistakes. There's definitely things that I look back and I'm like, dang, man, if I could just do that scene <laughs> one more time. You know, and then come back season three or four and have learned from working with people like um, Lorraine Toussaint, you mm. know, and... Uh, so I've enjoyed the learning process, but being able to do that with a great script. Yeah. What are some scenes that you're particularly proud of doing? Like, what's a scene where you're going to like look back and be like, that's what I wanted to do with this character? Oh, man. I think there's so many. The first one that comes to mind is in season five when Tasty is beginning the riots. Mm. And um, she's just allowed Judy King to be released and she's not letting Judy King speak for the women that she represents and to be able to be that voice for my community um, I I will forever hold that scene close to my heart um, the Poussey scene when Poussey passes away is a scene I'm particularly proud of I was doing Color Purple at the same time mm. eight shows a week of a Broadway show, and then having to do that scene um, was heavy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and But I felt so supported mm. by my cast. Um, so I, I just will never forget my support system. I remember them, my girls praying over me before my first... I had to, I had to work the, the morning of my first preview of C- Color Purple. Wow. And um, it was a lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) And they prayed with me. And I just remember feeling so full, like, I can do this. And I did it. Um, So those are two things I will hold dear. I remember the first episode, I mean, the first scene with Taylor. I remember, I mean, even stuff in season seven I can't talk about. But just (laughs) that, you know, the closure of, you know, relationships with other characters, um, that in the relationship with Nick Sandow's character, uh, Caputo, that I never expected to have bonded, you know, so closely with him during that journey. He's such a great partner and person to work with, um, that I will forever cherish that and kidding. I mean, the list can go on. (laughs) I could talk this whole interview plus 50 more minutes (laughs) about that. So... 
Yeah, I mean, the the cast and crew of Orange is obviously super sprawling, but I feel like the through line for everything you just talked about was community, and that's something Mm -hmm. that the show has been really big on. So much. So when I was finishing season seven, I had shot a music video for my first song, Black Woman. Mm. Um, That's out. (laughs) Go listen. (laughs) Go look it up. Okay. (laughs) Um, And I wasn't that fond of it. I had spent a lot of money on it, but it just didn't feel right Mm. in my spirit. And I was talking to Melissa. What's up, Melissa? Um, She was our script supervisor. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yo, I'm not really feeling this video, whatever. And she rallied up the troops of Orange is a New Black crew, and she asked a few, like, 20 people, would they shoot my music video over for me? And I had about 20 to 25 Orange is the New Black crew members get, lend me their services for free wow. um, to shoot my first music video. And um, that's just a testament of a community, you mm-hmm. know, and... I just will forever be appreciative of that moment. And I think that's another part that this show has shown me is, like, what I'm capable of. Mm. I ended up directing that epi- the episode <laughs> one day. Uh, I ended up directing that music video uh, and, and producing that music video, which led me to end up producing uh, Ain't Too Proud on Broadway right now. Um, but just seeing women in power, um, you know, from script supervisors to Genji to producers, like, um, you, you know, to every every aspect of this experience, I've soaked up, I've sat in Video Village, I'll never forget that first <laughs> week, just sitting, trying to learn, 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 learn. And I think um, it's carried me far, and I'm excited to, like, for the next chapter to see what else I can take on um, and be unafraid and lead with my gut to believe I can do whatever I want to do. And this show has given me that. That's huge. That's I feel like people go their whole careers looking for something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the thing, people look for for a long time. I was really lucky to see you and Shakespeare in the Park oh, this fun. summer. It was so fun. <laughs> yes. I've never seen a Shakespeare production like it. Uh, what was, and I've, I've read a lot of interviews with you about what it meant for you to be cast in that part and to have it be an all-black cast and to tell it through that lens. What is it like for you now to look back on it in that experience? Like, What was it actually like to do that? It was incredible. I had a good time. I think, you know, and I can talk about it now. But first of all, uh, let me break it down. So first of all, I wasn't aware when Kenny Leon, the director, approached me about doing this, that it was an all-black cast. Oh, okay. I had no idea. Um, But I was so glad it was. It was a great experience. I think it um, opened up so many doors for, you know, the public. We ended up doing a PBS special um, on it. We got offers to go to Broadway. Um, but then I got pregnant. Oh. <laughs> I was actually, thank you. I am 22 weeks pregnant right now. Um, and I was pregnant during that experience. Oh, wow. Um, and so it was a lot of days because I didn't share that with my cast. Um, of course, I shared it with Kenny and uh, the uh, the clothing designer. <laughs> like, I think he needed to know. <laughs> sure. But um, I didn't share it. But I have to say, the the being, carrying a child, <laughs> especially your first one, mm-hmm. 
while doing Shakespeare in the Park, when you're out in the elements, mm-hmm. you're in the rain, you have to do a show, come rain or shine. It's cold one day, it's hot, you got bugs in your face, you're going up steps, my feet swelling, I can't breathe, I'm tired, <laughs> all this stuff. But my baby just reminded me it's not that deep. Enjoy it, have fun, breathe, take care of yourself. And I'm, I think, really, truly, the beginning stages of motherhood got me through being the lead in this production. Um, and now, look, I've done some cool stuff, but I have never been the lead of anything. Mm. And I was so in my body and relaxed and felt connected to the language. But it was because I was able to let go of this mind I can't cuss on him, but like this, like oh, this mind fuck as well, (laughs) like of you know all these things that happen in your actor's brain when you're having a first at anything and you're on stage and you have eighteen hundred people watching and that doubt Mm. I was able to let go of, and I really attribute that to being a, a, a mother to be. Um, so I, and even when you see the production, the beginning, we started the song, the, yeah. the piece out singing, mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. And to say mother, mother, first, every like, night, every <laughs> night, like, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was my actor's secret that yeah. carried me through that. That's a whole extra layer. Oh so yeah. Like, it was layers. Thing. Okay. Oh my god! I mean, but you know, I I did see it on a night when it was pouring. You know, mm-hmm. and we did like they waited for like fifteen yeah. minutes or something, and no one left. I, know. I was looking around waiting for people to leave, and no one did. Well, I, I was like, saying, all right, I'm yeah, leave. <laughs> no, no, it's crazy how pe- much people love the theater, and there's something. And I think Shakespeare in the Park is still so important and so unique because, I mean, we talk a lot. I mean, there's such a, I think, crucial conversation mm-hmm. right now about accessibility mm-hmm. and, you know, brought, there's so many amazing things on Broadway right now, but it is so expensive. Yeah. So to have something like Shakespeare in the Park that's free. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, accessibility is a big thing in theater and especially to people that can't afford it, young mm-hmm. artists, you know, or people of color whatever that is that it can be it's not that we don't want to see it but sometimes it's expensive and to add to the point of having a black show people want to see themselves at the end of the day it's like can we please see ourselves um and and not to in uh exclude any other group mm-hmm. but i think that's important part of the missing puzzle to bringing people into the theater like mm-hmm. i think about doing Ain't Too Proud Now, and I I believe there's 41 houses. It might be 42 Broadway houses. And out of the 41, 42, whatever that number is, the only show that is almost fully black is Ain't Too Proud. The only one. Only one. Unless you include Lion King (laughs) and um, Hamilton, which is, you know, a people of color show. Um, But that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they wonder why we're not going to Ferryman. And it's not that we don't want to see it. I know that's a great show. Right. But can we see ourselves? We'll come out. We promise. And then we might go see Ferryman, too. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but first. <Yeah. laughs> 
Yeah, it's that it's it's that weird catch twenty two when like a show becomes successful enough to be at that point, and then it's like, well, I guess I'll see it. Yeah, which is why I'm I'm, I'm gonna say it too. I'm really hoping that Much Ado gets on Broadway. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to put it on pause. We were hoping to go in November. And um, we're looking for a spring house, so oh, wow. I don't know who out there, but help us find a house, please. <laughs> I mean, there's no raccoons on Broadway, but yes, I think it could still got be some fun. AC. <laughs> that would be a game changer. <laughs> oh man, they are remodeling the the public theater house. Yeah, the Delacour oh, skin remodel. Okay, I don't know if they're gonna have a cover. A but... roof. I mean, that would that would change the experience for sure. Yeah, it would. But yeah, all right. So I mean. I think, not I think, having done orange and color purple and all these things, now I think that was your 20s, you know, that was your whole 20s. So for you, looking ahead into your 30s, into the future, and what are you hoping to do? What's sort of like the grand wish that you're Mm. like, this is what I want to like sink my teeth into for the next chapter? That's a really good question. I pray for longevity, Mm. number one. Past 30, 40, 50, I pray for longevity in this career. Second of all, I want to break barriers. I mean, I want people that relate to me to say, Danielle Brooks did that. In the same way that I look at Queen Latifah's career or Octavia Spencer's career, Viola Davis, and I'm like, wow, these women broke barriers. And that's what I want to do. I want to be known as this one of this generation's most talented actresses. That's what I want. And um, I pray for that, you know, and I think getting that is to getting to that point is to be working with people that are unafraid mm. of changing the narrative for someone like myself. Um, and that's including me or people that look like me in all aspects whether it's sci-fi, rom-coms, action films, whatever it is. But I want to stay true to the fact that there are millions and millions of black women out here that have millions and millions of different stories. And um, I want to be a vessel for them. Um, So that's what I'm hoping for. And alongside that, I'm trying to put my head in many my you know my hand in many hats when it comes to the producing mm-hmm. when it comes to the creating um even writing music um you know i think uh i'm the point i'm at right now is learning how to take what i want in my own hands and not wait and i think that i'm excited about this you know baby too because it's allowing me that that time i'm very much a workaholic so i think being able to have these 4 months that i have left plus the two i'm going to need to like <laughs> care for this child um i am using that time wisely um and so right now is i think it's the learning stages asking questions connecting with people um, linking up with people, reading, you know, writing, um, paying attention. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, having the, hopefully having the right people along the way that can help me get to where I want to go. Well, I think you're well on your way, it seems. So I'm really excited to see what comes next. Thank you. Thank for doing you. This. Right. Thanks. 
Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with Jenny Snyder-Ehrman of Jane the Virgin. Thank you.